I'm excited about how technology is uh, being democratized, how it's plunging in cost. And we have one of our missions is to positively impact one billion people in the next decade. The relevance of a new technology to solving problems that affect like a billion people. All great stuff happens because someone inspires someone else to do something. The next wave of innovation is going to be eroding the territory. Hey guys, we're back. We are back in studio. It's great to be back. And uh, in this edition, we are going to be talking about Thomas Kreese, who is the VP of Ecosystems and Community and also runs a, the global licensing at SU. And we're really looking forward to playing that chat for you guys. But can I just say that uh, it's really exciting for us. It's almost summertime. It's almost summertime. We're two weeks away and uh, we're really busy for the Singularity South Africa Summit, the second uh, annual event, which is really exciting. Yeah, the shop's buzzing, right? All our departments, animation, video, design, so just, many elements. We've just got so much to do. But it's looking amazing. I think when people come this year, they're going to be really really impressed and blown away by the quality of the content, uh, what the speakers are bringing, and I think all the heart and, and emotion that we're bringing into this. You know, We really want to make a, make a splash. Yeah, it's going to be really great. I think we're going to have over 250 companies attending with um, about uh, 1,800 people, just over 1,800 people. Yeah, SU Ventures is going to be there. Pitch Stations. We're going to have uh, Richard Browning, the, the real-life Iron Man. Oh, that's going to be amazing. Over 32 speakers. Uh, 11 of them are from South Africa and Africa, which is really exciting for us. Multiple tracks. It's going to be great. Yeah, man. Um, well, I guess, the, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably keep it quite short then this week, but uh, we had a really great chat with him, Thomas. Yeah, I mean, Thomas is an incredible, incredible guy and knows how to really motivate and inspire communities all around the world. And the whole Singularity University ecosystem, he sort of has a watchful eye and makes everyone feel included and is such a great... Um, communicator it's really been incredible working with him over the last couple of years i think it's it's going to be especially cool hearing from him as well with the summit coming up knowing that he's got such a hand in these things you know designing them and helping us uh, put on great summits yeah and i mean um we're going to chat to him about some some meats and made in space and global impact challenges so i think without further ado let's let's get right into it let's uh we'll play your piece where of course you're acknowledging our partners which is really important uh, and then we'll get right to it Absolutely. Without them, it wouldn't be possible. So I want to make special mention of our collaboration partner, Standard Bank. Standard Bank regards Africa as her home and makes sure that she drives her growth. And we are thrilled to have them along this journey with us. We've been building a fantastic relationship and we're very excited about the next couple of years. Our global partner, Deloitte, working with the local team has shown us how Deloitte really does live up to the mantra of delivering impact into Africa. And of course, our strategic partners, MTN, SAP, HP and Liberty have been incredible collaborators. MTN is leading the way in communications, bringing voice and data solutions to over 30 million South Africans alone. SAP Africa, which aims to bring exponential thinking to their employees, partners and customers, will have a profound impact on their organization, South Africa and the rest of the continent. HP is helping customers use technology and leverage innovation to fuel growth in Africa and the world. And finally, Liberty which strongly leverages its years of experience to pioneer new ways to guide people towards financial freedom. Brilliant. So, so here we are in uh, Thailand, in Bangkok, and we are reporting from the Thai, Singularity U Thai Summit. 
and we're in the in the studio today. We're lucky enough to have the VP of Ecosystems from Singularity University, Thomas Kreese. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much, Mick. It's really great to be here. And um, Thomas, I wanted to just start off by, by just getting to know you a bit better. So the, the audience, uh, can you just tell us a bit about what you do uh, at Singularity University and, and, and what, what, what drives you? Sure, I'm more than happy to talk about that. I have the privilege of being able to run two really important parts of Singularity University. One is our global licensing program, where we find amazing business partners all around the world that help us to extend the capacity of what we can do at Singularity University by bringing in new faculty, by putting on events that we otherwise wouldn't do ourselves. Um, it's really in their wheelhouse, so it helps to spread the Singularity University brand by having amazing events with partners around the globe, um, South Africa being one of the best. Uh, and the other part of my job is that I get to run the online community, or actually the entire community of uh, Singularity University, all 170,000 people who've expressed an interest in exponential technologies or our notion of global grand challenges and how these technologies can actually be used to make the world a better place. Awesome. I mean, it's really exciting the way it's just exploding like this. I mean, how many countries are you in now? Uh, so we are in over 128 different countries is where our 170,000 people come from. We actually have alumni chapters in 107 different cities around the globe, and that's spread across 57 different countries, with the greatest concentration being in Brazil and Spain and Netherlands. Wow. I mean, uh, and uh, you know, so many people that come and experience Singularity University and get educated but with all the, the, the thinking and the mindset, just really want to change the world and want to make an impact. And how do you feel about you know doing this for 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 some globally on a global scale? Uh, for me, it's super exciting. It reminds me of 20 years ago. I worked in America Online in the early days, back in the mid 1990s, when we only had five million people that were on uh, on AOL at the time. And this is before we had our hypergrowth and the acquisition of Time Warner. But back then, it was helping people to go from living in an offline existence to being online, to where geography no longer mattered, and you could find people who shared your interests. And we started to create communities around interests rather than the geography we were stuck in. So helping people to go from this offline world to now an online world is really similar to what we're doing now with Singularity University, where we're helping people go from this linear way of thinking about the future and into this exponential way, and helping them realize that this is really exciting. Terrifying, yes, but it's exciting too because we can do so much with the technology we have today. It's, you know, it's really, really cool. I mean, what are, what are some of the, the, the convergences you, you think we're going to see over the next couple of years? Oh, the convergences. I think well, one of the areas that really excites me is cellular agriculture. Um, and so this notion of how we're able to get proteins out of animals without actually harming animals. So um, part of my background is that I kept chickens in my backyard because I wanted a good source of protein to go with all the gardening that I did. Yeah. And for me, it's fascinating to think that uh, what we are on the edge of being able to do is to create proteins, which we're going to need more and more of with billions of people uh, starting to add to the population. But all of these proteins that we need, we can do it without actually harming animals. One of my favorite things is around finless foods. And finless foods is a, they're a startup uh, just south of San Francisco. And they're focused on creating tuna in a dish. That's really incredible. I mean, I mean, I think there's over 52 billion chickens eaten globally around the world. It's the most eaten animal. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you can if you can synthesize that and, and not have to actually kill the chickens and grow them, it's going to it's going to really change the environment. Exactly. So I think I heard a statistic that the um, that the last uh, bluefin tuna will be fished out of the ocean in our lifetime. 
if we keep up with the current rates of harvesting them like the Japanese do. Um, and so it's so important for us to be able to find other ways to get the protein without actually killing the animals so that we're not contributing to um, species uh, going away. Yeah. And I mean, so in South Africa, we really are big meat eaters. Mm-hmm. So that's also going to be a, a massive change for us, you know, as, as we can do the same with meat, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were just talking with people who were who had come to visit Singularity University from up in uh, Alberta, Canada. And that's sort of as Texas is to the United States with all of the livestock and the cattle and the beef industry, that's what Alberta is to Canada. And so thinking about how disruptive it's going to be for them when the cattle no longer are the big part of the industry there. Um, so they have cattle and they have oil. So all we know is that uh, those are, are scarce resources that we're going to make abundant in other ways. It's really, really cool. I mean, isn't Modern Meadow a singularity company? They are a singularity university company, and they are really pushing the edge on how you're able to get proteins uh, from things other than animals. So um, we're really proud of the work that they're doing. I mean, you you must see quite a a number of different incredible companies that are constantly coming through Singularity University. They are, and the ideas as well. So it's not just the companies. So we have the Maiden Space, we have the Matternet, but uh, the ideas that come from our Global Impact Challenges. I mean, you've run them there in South Africa. You know how amazing they are to bring out ideas. You never know what they're going to come up with. And for me, it's just like, wow, I am never the smartest person in the room. I feel so lucky to actually be around when people are taking these amazing ideas and synthesizing synthesizing proteins and thinking about how can they resequence the DNA of a mosquito so that they don't have to worry about the Zika virus anymore. Um, for me, that's just like, wow, this is amazing stuff that we're at the edge of. Yeah, it's really incredible. We've got Yuri also, he's, he's giving, we've got a burning question. Yuri, you want to answer it? Well, I, I, sorry, I was just thinking, you must have seen so many companies over the years go through these various stages, and I'm sure by now you might even have some insights when you meet one of these new people, new companies. Mm-hmm yeah, this person's going to go far or you're lacking something. And I'm just wondering what traits and characteristics you see these people have in common when they can run the full mile. Wow, I, I wish that I was able to say these are the one, two, three things. I've lived in Silicon Valley since 2003, and that's sort of the magic sauce is how do you pick the winner of all the things that you see. Um, but what I do notice is that those who have the tenacity to try something, fail, and try again, and, and get up after each failure, those are the ones that uh, you're going to put your money on. Those are the ones that you bet on. And, and it's interesting to come up with somebody who has the creativity around the idea of what might be possible, making sure that they're paired with an operations person to actually help them get their head out of the sky and, and not just keep dreaming up what is possible, but start to put it into place. And so when we see teams of people who have good operations, as well as the dreamer, it's sort of the poet and the architect, those are the areas that you can look to actually see that they'll have traction and make something happen. So you got to you got to be you got to be stubborn. You got to keep keep going for it. Uh, stubborn, Sorry. yeah, I think tenacious. tenacious. Um, stubborn has has a different connotation to me, but uh, <laughs> tenacity I think is a really good thing. But also this notion we talk about a lot is unlearning. So how do you how do you you're set in your ways and you think okay this is the model and this is how it's going to be and you realize it's not and how how can you uh, let go of your ego around it and be able to back up and say okay that didn't work. I need to unlearn and, and basically tear things down again to then build up and try it in a different direction. Because what we see, we call it pivoting in some places, uh, but what we see is the people who pursue and they realize, oh, this is not the right channel. I need to back up and I need to try a different channel. Um, so those are the folks who really are just going at it time and time again. You need to learn to unlearn. need to learn to unlearn. That's what I'm trying to teach my kids. 
So I have uh, three girls um, who I am, consider myself very lucky to be able to watch them grow. They're 15, 13, and 3. And I'll tell you, that 10-year gap between the 13-year-old and 3-year-old, my 15-year-old has no desire to learn how to drive. I remember when I was 15, I could not wait to learn how to drive, but she doesn't care. No desire. No desire. That's what Uber's for. That's what Lyft is for. Why should she need to get a car? How does she get to school and back every day? I mean, did that take the bus? She takes the bus, yes. Um, Used to be I was the one, and then I got her a bus pass, and now she can do that. Uh, Or she walks to school, but uh, she's close enough to be able to do that. But then I think about my three-year-old, and for her, I think that cars are going to be kind of like what horses are to me. It's something that you keep, that you have fun on the weekend, uh, but you don't actually do it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, because now the ownership's disappearing, right? The new, in the new economy, I mean... In the new economy, so we're sharing right now, and that may be even with autonomous cars. Uh, it's not too far off. I mean, for me, the amazing thing that I get to experience living in Silicon Valley is that I get stuck behind autonomous cars a lot. So we have Waymo, and we have all the different kinds of cars that are driving around, and you know that it's an autonomous car in front of you, and they're just over the speed limit. And that's not how humans drive. We drive much more over the speed limit. So when you're trapped behind them, it's just like, oh, the machines. <laughs> that's really funny. So the machines are actually, uh, they're, not, they're, 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 so they're, they're sticking to the rules. They're sticking to the rules, breaking them just a little bit, uh, a little bit more human, uh, but they are very much more sticking to the rules. And I mean, who's driving in these cars? Who's driving in the Waymo's? Uh, nobody's driving. They have the, the oh, attendant who sits there. So the person is there, but they don't have their hands in the wheel. They're there to intervene if they need to, but otherwise it's the car that's doing all the work. And, uh, I mean, who's actually, are people renting it as a, as a service at the moment? Is it a, a, no, right now it's all about the data acquisition. So they're just driving around putting millions of miles on these cars to learn. Um, and I think about uh, the unfortunate accident that happened with the Tesla Model X in the Bay Area not too yes. long ago. Yeah. And that effect, I mean, that actually happened like two miles away from the Singularity University campus wow. where it actually hit the barrier. But that was really unfortunate what yeah, happened there. Very unfortunate thing I heard, yeah. But the moment that happened, every other Tesla in the world knew how to navigate that intersection. So it will happen once, but it'll never happen again because every wow. other car learned that's not how you navigate that. Okay. So out of it's, it's just amazing to think about what this combined learning will do for all these machines. It's a heuristics problem. Human beings, they, they never complain that somebody's... Uh, drunk driving and then everybody learns to stop drunk driving but one person hits a car can't do driverless cars anymore yeah yeah because I, I think I heard that, that it's actually pulled back a bit of the development that this since this accident it's because it's been a, quite a a big thing for them it's actually set them back a little bit even though they've learned as a, as a, as a network Mm-hmm. But uh, I think they've pulled a little bit back on the... It has pulled back the autonomous uh, um, pursuits of Tesla, but I think that that coupled with the other accident that happened with the Uber car, um, where the Uber car hit a pedestrian that was crossing in at night yes. um, where there wasn't a crosswalk. Uh, so that's something that's really interesting to see how Uber has pulled way back from having the autonomous vehicles. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's a momentary setback. When you think about how safe these vehicles are that these are the two in how many millions of miles that have been driven no even even just with the the, the rise of uber i think the, the 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 stats on how many accidents are happening in the world has gone down dramatically because mm-hmm. people aren't drinking and driving they, they really are if they drink they go and they take an uber especially in south africa we used to have a major uh-huh. drinking and driving problem i mean i can remember just a couple of years ago we were, a lot of it was the, it was the norm Mm-hmm. to actually drink and drive but wow. now you know it's, bec- it's become really shunned upon because 
it's much easier, it's much more convenient to take an Uber and it's much safer. Indeed, yeah. indeed. And so let's just talk a little bit about Singularity University's trajectory. I mean, where do you see the organization going in the next couple of years? Oh, in the next couple of years, I really see. So um, we have two areas of focus in our growth. So we have uh, um, sort of four areas of the business. One is our enterprise business, where we work with corporations around innovation disruption and helping them to actually uh, be better um, corporations in the future. Um, we have one that's focused on the consumer. So this is our executive programs. This is how we help people learn to be executive, uh, how we help people to learn to be exponential leaders and basically disrupt their own lives. And then we have our two growth areas, which is digital. So how are we taking all of these events that we do in person and bring it so people can learn online? And then the second piece is the licensing, the stuff that we get to work on, finding the partners. And for me, the digital licensing is really we're going to focus our energies because that's how we're going to increase the capacity for Singularity University to help people to learn how to live into the future. Wow, that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. So we're very excited about it. Uh, very excited about it. This round of funding that we just closed with our Series B is going to allow us. We're very thrilled to have it uh, in the bank now, and we have our plans that we're not going to need to raise money again unless we want to. So it's great to finally uh, round that corner where we know that we're not trying to scramble to are we going to be able to live long. Um, for us, it's about uh, impact, and how we're going to scale impact is that we're going to make money. Well, you know what? I mean, for us being part of it from 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 the South African perspective, it's mm-hmm. been really incredible to see the impact that we've had just from having our summits and from having people learn through the various Singularity University programs. So I'm sure for you that it must be really exciting just all this different impact you're seeing. And how does Singularity work? It's a B Corp, right? We're a benefit corporation, yes. So we have a mandate to both have a financial return as well as a mission return. And so our board doesn't hold us just to financial returns. Our board is holding us to achieving our mission, which is to educate, engage, and inspire leaders to use exponential technologies to solve the world's grandest problems. So it's great to wake up every morning and know that it's not just about making money. Money is a means toward our end, but our end is achieving the mission. It's having that impact. It's how are we making this world a better place? One of the things I love about Singularity University is we're, we're kind of giving people this bridge of hope into the future. Because they see that, wow, I can use these technologies. They're within my grasp. My imagination, coupled with what used to be magic, but is now just technology that's available cheaply, I can try, I can fail, I can try again, and it doesn't cost me very much, and I can pursue my dreams to make this world a better place. Really, really cool. Nice. Thank you so much, Tom. It's been a great, great uh, session. Thanks for, for joining us here today. Yuri's got one final thing before we wrap up. Okay. Well, you mentioned you had, um, you've got children, and I, I just wanted to connect back to your three-year-old. What kind mm-hmm. of world do you see them moving into? Does it keep you up at night, or does it help you sleep better? Oh, um, it definitely helps me sleep better to know the world that she's uh, beginning to live in. Um, and so for me, I see that uh, uh, one of the things that is fascinating to me is seeing how she interacts with technology. It is just so intuitive for her. Um, uh, to, I mean, she thinks that Alexa has been around forever. And it was amazing to finally see her or listen to her um, master the word Alexa to now have a computer that can play the songs that she wants to hear, to tell her jokes, to be able to read her stories. But she will never know that we didn't have these computer assistants around for always. It's kind of like thinking back for me, well, no, I was pre-internet. So I'm trying to think of what was the technology 
that I take for granted that, it, well, it's always been there. Maybe it's the phone or maybe it's the color TV, um, but that's it for me. And she's always going to assume that there have been computers around to assist you when you just call out their name. So that's just the beginning of how she's interacting with this mass intelligence that we have that's in the cloud. The future is going to be very different for them. Huh? Uh, very much so. I don't even know if she's going to learn how to write. That's Probably the thing. That, I mean, mm-hmm. wow. Well, what's what would be the benefit of learning how to write? Yeah, it's exactly. for maybe for uh, your own personal. Yeah, it's like people do calligraphy. Coordination. Yeah, exactly. yeah, people do calligraphy because they love how that writes. For me, I learned how to do cursive just so I could check that box and never have to do it again. The only time I ever do cursive is when I sign my name, and when I print, uh, it's because I don't have a device around me. But I think with my three-year-old, why would she ever learn how to write? Because it is the least. Uh, um, efficient way of inputting data or recording data. Absolutely. I mean, if you actually think about how the script has has trans, has, has gone, in the, I think in Mesopotamia they invented language um, in in three thousand two hundred BC, and then you know from there, from when language actually came out, there was this there was this massive exponential sharing of of knowledge through mm-hmm. through, through language because now you could actually talk to somebody and, and and share an idea with somebody in a mm-hmm. verbal way and they could retain it in their minds but you were limited because you could only keep so much in your head mm-hmm. then the, then writing came out and you could now once you you could you could actually write stuff down now you could transfer the knowledge in a much more exponential way yeah. and then <clears throat> now we're seeing this 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 digital revolution mm-hmm. And, and this audible revolution, like, so, so that it's actually democratizing the way we're sharing knowledge. And for the kids of the future, they're going to completely be, you know, when we, if, we, if Ray's prediction is true, and we have the UI in our brain, you're going to be connect, constantly connected to the cloud. Knowledge is going to be free and abundant. Mm-hmm. Think of the way that, that we had to learn in education, all of the rote memorization we had to do, all of those damn books we had to read and study just to be able to regurgitate them back. That wasn't learning. Um, what I think about my three-year-old has the opportunity to now take advantage of all these great ways that we know how to teach better because my 13 and 15-year-old are still trapped in that same yeah. that same system that I went through. It's just like, wow, how woefully unprepared was I coming out of school? And it's the same damn thing. Take a, take a field trip to dinosaurs with augmented reality or virtual reality. Exactly so. That's one of the things that allows me to be able to travel so much is that I record a 30-second video for my kids every day. And I send it back, and so they get a flavor of wherever I am. I think back to when my dad traveled. It was kind of like, well, he was gone for a week. And then maybe when he came home, I got a gift. I hope that he brought something, but there was not keeping up with him every single day that he was out on the road. So my kids so now know where I'm at. Still connected. That's really very cool. much so. Thank you so much, Thomas. Uh, my pleasure. Great to really, spend time with you. Really interesting, inspiring session. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait to get back to South Africa this fall. And we'll see you in October. Indeed. At the Singularity Youth South Africa Summit 2018. Thanks so much. Okay, well, it was nice to hear that conversation again. Thank you, Thomas. And we'll definitely be chatting to him again in the future. Yeah, and I guess this is going to be it for uh, from us for now until after the summit. But we'll have more content. We'll speak to more incredible speakers. And uh, also, Mick, I think you might want to say a thing or two about the community app that we're building. So, uh, yeah, we can definitely talk about that. We, we, what, what's really cool is that, uh, this year our event app for the summit is going to carry on post the event because normally these event apps, you use them for two, three days and then there's no use for them. But we've, we've got such an incredible 
app that we've made and, and there's a, there's a nice extension to create this community and have the conversation carry on long after the event. Yeah, and you're going to get incredible content exclusively on that app. Podcasts, hopefully some AMAs, videos, deep conversations with entrepreneurs around Africa. It, we really want it to be this, this amazing networking inspirational space for people all around Africa and hopefully the world. So make sure to download our app when we launch it post-summit. So do please subscribe to us uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, tell your friends and family, and uh, stay exponential. Be exponential. Be exponential. Hashtag Future Proof Africa. Let's do this.